0: Hey, there's lots of sources out there that talk about Google reviews, but why don't you listen to a couple of users of Clinic Gym Connect who talk about how easy it can be to get Google reviews through text messaging. Remember, texts get opened five times more than emails. So if you're sending requests for Google reviews, man, oh man, is it worth your time to send it via text? Here's Mark and Carson talking about their experience using Clinic Gym Connect.
1: We have a automation setup where it sends them a text responding to it saying, hey, thanks for your feedback. Would you mind sharing that in the form of a Google review? Leave the uh, link in there. It's a simple click. And we've seen some success with that. Out of the nine and tens, I would say it's about 25% leave Google reviews. We had one patient a couple of weeks ago who you know, wasn't really warm when they came in. We sent them through the new patient campaign, sent them a picture, made it easy for them to get here, seemed fine at checkout. And then I go and get a notification that night that they left us a five star Google review so I was like, whoa, I was not expecting that so it just shows that you know you never know how everybody's gonna react on my calls when I originally pick up the phone oh why you why'd you choose us what brought you here? I've gotten a handful that say no well on'm Google seen a bunch of good things being sent so that's one of the first things I look at and it made it easy for us to pick you
0: so just like that, you can collect a bunch of text message based Google reviews now Mark and Carson have done a great job of this, but I have to tell you, we have another user who sent out a boatload of requests and in one week and got 64 new Google reviews. I mean, talk about success. So if you're interested in those kind of numbers, check out clinicgymconnect.com. Again, that's clinicgymconnect.com, or email me and be happy to set up a demo for you. Thanks a lot. Are you a chiropractor or physical therapist that believes in exercise, wants to make some money and wants to provide the absolute best care for your patients? Well, then you are in the right place. I'm Dr. Josh Satterley and this is Clinic Gym Radio where we talk about the Clinic Gym Hybrid Model which is combining the best parts of healthcare with active care and fantastic exercise programs to get patients the best care they can while helping you make more money in this game. This is Clinic Gym Radio and I'm Dr. Josh Satterley. I'm excited for you to be here. Hey, everybody. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Clinic Gym Radio. Now, listen, I am talking to a second-time guest, Dr. John Jaquish. And for some reason during this, I must warn you, I get pretty fired up. I get pretty excited. And therefore, we exchange some colorful language. So if the kids are in the car or you're easily offended, then definitely don't listen to this episode. However, if uh, you would like to listen to it, uh, I'm just forewarning you there's a little bit of colorful language. And I do talk about, we touch on a couple things that uh, maybe are politically charged, um, like drug responses to the pandemic and whatnot. Um, You know, I'm not here to be a political, to to have political ideas on this show. Um, I just heard an interesting interview about the um, effects of a certain drug. So I bring that up. Uh, But as always, man, if you have problems with what I'm saying or you want to discuss something further or you know, you have any uh, feedback for me whatsoever, always reach out. I'm always happy to uh, take that feedback. I want the show to be something that you enjoy. And I typically shy away from uh, too much cussing because I just think it, it doesn't allow us to really open up the conversation to the scientific methods that I would prefer. But sometimes you got to get a little um, passion enveloped. And for me, that's when the sailor language comes out. By the way, how would sailors get to be known as the ones with the foul mouths, I know two sailors and both of them are squeaky clean guys. So anyways, it was my foul mouth. I'll take full responsibility, uh, but I'm just giving you a little warning. Hope you enjoy this episode, a second interview with Dr. John Jay Quish. Dr. Jay, how are you? Hey, I'm Josh I'm doing great. Thanks for having me again. This is Absolutely. fun. Fantastic. Well, what was so interesting about our last interview is, you know, we talked about a, a lot of things, including your X3 product and mm-hmm. osteo strong, which you <laughs> made for your mom, but sold on the, on the, you know, to clinics everywhere. Uh, yeah. and along the way we, we hit up on the idea of something that just doesn't get talked about enough, which is managing chronic pain through improving the musculoskeletal system. I'll, I'll say that I don't want to say through fitness or exercise, but through improving the musculoskeletal system. Right. And, uh, you happen in all your research and looking at all your products, you stumbled onto to quite a bit of information about that, and yeah. although it is, it's not the focus of specifically of any of your products, you guys kind of uh, amassed some info around that. Is that correct? That's right? Yeah, well, I would love to dive into that today because you know everybody listening to this podcast is a PT.. Cairo massage therapist, strength coach, and you can't be around you know, those patients and, and, and all the listeners here are blending the clinic and the gym, but you can't be anywhere around the gym without at least daily hearing somebody talk about just low back pain. I mean, a myriad of things, but just low back pain would, if you're a strength and ignition coach and you don't think that any of your clients uh, have low back pain, you just haven't asked the question yet. Sure. It's crazy. And, and unfortunately, you know, in many senses, Although I think my my profession, chiropracticism, the, the evidence-informed crowd is making drastic improvements, and we're seeing a lot of great progress be made around that. We still, as a society, are dealing with an opioid epidemic. We're dealing with, I mean, the amount of ibuprofen that is consumed in this country should it, it could fill the Grand Canyon every year, I'm sure. And then you Very. look at you know, pain management. I mean, I don't know around you, but around me, there used to be like maybe two pain management offices. And now I feel like I see them more and more and more, you know, say hit Las Vegas pain clinic or sunset pain clinic and all these things that just medical offices that have pain in the title. I'm thinking, my God, we're not controlling this, right? It's just getting no. out of hand and out of hand.
2: No, it's perpetual management via perpetual medications, uh, which are opioids, uh, right now, like it's depressing to say, but this gave pharmaceutical companies the opportunity to deliver a series of pharmaceuticals that were, they were, they were welcomed, they were asked for, and they were addicted by design. Yeah, Like anybody who's selling anything would love to sell something that's addictive for sure because you're selling it. Right. So that's uh, a a a lot of what it
0: is, right? That's the whole idea of shoppers, you know, shoppers club at at my local Albertsons is they want you to be, to use, to come to them for all the products you buy for your house. Mm -hmm. And if they could find a way to make it addictive to buy lettuce and tomatoes and cheese and milk, they would have died.
2: You know yeah well but they did because cheese it's tastes a lot like cheese <laughs> right but yeah. there's a lot there's other stuff in them there's refined carbohydrates which are as addictive as cocaine we know that from a number of studies wow so yeah, yeah. so like yeah they're they're engineering food all the time to be more addictive and uh, you know, is it hurting people? I don't think they they made food addictive with malicious intent other than sales, which is not right. malicious right. in itself. But if these things are hurting people, uh, you would imagine that somebody would question it. The problem is addicted people like their Cheetos. Mm-hmm. They like their Twinkies and they like their ice cream. And yeah. You know, it's, I think I, uh, you know, and when we talk about pain, because this does dovetail in pain management, you know, like sugar is pretty much the worst thing you can eat because it's an inflammatory and, uh, whatever pain you're in is going to be made worse by, uh, the simple carbohydrates you take in. Um, and, and, uh, you know, they're, they're addictive. Like it's, it, it's one of those, um, you're, you're just not going to get Congress to change their mind on addictive foods because everybody in Congress is eating pizza and ice cream. I mean, <laughs> well,
0: I don't know. If you you look at any- the biggest donors to every political campaign too. I mean, you have the health insurance, like United, United Health and all those, but, you know, not too far behind that is all the, and it's funny, you know, it's covered Craft by the US, of, yeah. the U.S. Department of Agriculture but what agriculture covers is so i mean corn syrup is an agricultural product and yet it's yeah. so far from the original version of agriculture it's right. unbelievable right
2: right it's a it's chemical
0: um yeah
2: yeah, yeah we don't have like, the us
0: department of chemicals yet <laughs> maybe right. we should but I mean, we don't.
2: chemicals right yeah well i mean should be re- i mean department of agriculture should probably rename itself because that's really what it is like it's not representing meat and eggs and you know vegetables. It's representing yeah. craft foods, which makes a you know a bunch of chemicals. Right. Nabisco uh, makes okay. Oreos along
0: with uh, other products that get eaten. So, mm-hmm. but going to this idea of chronic pain. So I want to talk specifically about a subgroup. So you know, for chiropractors, a lot of times they'll get somebody walk in with low back pain. Or first bout, I, I would guess that just st- statistically, you probably dealt with low back pain at some point in your life because statistically, yeah, yeah, yeah. everybody almost everybody yeah, I have has. two bulging discs. Okay, and um, but that doesn't mean it's a death sentence, that doesn't mean that it has to be forever, right?
2: And, I haven't felt pain since you know, uh, maybe let me think, I haven't felt pain in four years, okay. Fantastic. Yeah.
0: And that's what we want to hear is we want to get to the end of an episode of pain, you know, like it might take weeks or days or, or even a month, a couple months, but we want to get to those ends of episodes, which kind of dovetails into how we got on this. Cause you were talking about the impact of, of, I'm going to say the musculoskeletal system, but basically for those who didn't listen to our first interview, uh, Dr. J made a product. To combat his mother's osteoporosis diagnosis that turned into a clinical, I don't know what you would call it, a machine. Medical device. Medical device, thank you. And then um, in within that, you found some research all about muscle growth and hypertrophy that helped you develop your
2: what's known as... Yeah, the I made three, some right? observations. Right, right. Like, when, when developing this device which compresses bone and triggers bone density to go up, uh, you know, I looked at the the forces that the body was capable of tolerating and producing uh, in impact-ready ranges of motion. So, like I mentioned before, uh, basically the impact positions that gymnasts use to absorb mm-hmm. force. Uh, Now, everybody has the same reflexes, so everybody kind of has the same biomechanics, but gymnasts perfect the repeatability of absorbing those impacts. So, when looking at that, uh, I designed the medical devices. When testing the medical devices, I realized we had the ability, humans have the ability to absorb incredible forces, sometimes 10 times body weight, in very specific, but I'm talking about the lower extremities, of course, that's where we get muscle power, uh, 10 times body weight at 120 degree angle of inclusion behind the knee. Now we're not talking about
0: uh, insanely 1% top of the trained profession. No, I'm the talking about professional. Everyone. You're saying the general population has an ability to absorb force much
2: greater than we believe it. They have Much greater, much greater. Yeah, and yeah. in, in, in the yeah. clinical trial uh, with the medical device, like I did that in London and, uh, the, the test subjects had never exercised, like they could have done some cardio. That's not going to have a positive impact on bone at all. Uh, but like, um, no strength training, no significant exercise whatsoever. And, uh, and, and that, that was part of the inclusion criteria. Now, fortunately, uh, when you go to East London, most people have never worked out ever a day in their life. Uh, yeah, it's, yeah. it's not the healthy. Yeah, you part. don't
0: want to go to, you don't want to go to, uh, you know, uh, Vancouver and try and find people who haven't skied or snowboarded. Right. Like you right. did a, you did a good job of self-selecting the, the country and location. So.
2: Yeah. 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 Uh, no, I mean, different parts of London are different. You know, if you go to Mayfair, sure. yeah, people work out there. But if you go to East London, nah, not really. Yeah. Uh, it's mostly an immigrant population. Uh, in fact, a lot of different places on Earth, like exercise is not really a thing. Like right. they might do manual labor. Yeah. Some people, some men, zero women. I mean, a lot of these countries, women aren't even allowed outside. Yeah. You know, without, without, they're yeah. covered and, and with men. So, uh, so, yeah, so these women never. Let me just never,
0: ask you. When you guys did your your um, clinical trial, and and basically you're going after um, osteoporosis, right? So, mm. um, I'm in my mind, I'm picturing frail, older, less muscled individuals.
2: So a, yes. a skinny frame, olive oil, not, from the not exaggerated protein. kyphosis, so they're not okay. hunched over, right? Uh, but weak, yeah. So definitely weak. Females. So
0: you're not getting people that maybe they didn't work out, but they. Worked
2: heavy construction or something like that. You're not getting that body getting type. Those, You're yeah. getting that. No, no. In East London, like, it's part of the reason East yeah. London was a great part. Well, a university in East London was there also, which is where the principal investigator works. Okay, so that, now, uh,
0: now, when you get these people and you've got the positive effect of bone health, were these people putting on significant amount of muscle as well? Like, could you no, no, visually the see that? bone
2: density treatment doesn't build muscle size. Okay. Really? And,
0: and what I'm asking is there's no like lesser known reaction the body has is as bone density goes up. It also increases muscle mass. You know what I'm saying? Like there are often those co-reactions in the body
2: for yeah, preservation. There's, there's a couple of changes that happen to the muscle through the bone density treatment. One of them is the density of muscle. So you have more of a myofibril effect than a sarcoplasmic okay. effect. There's zero sarcoplasmic effect. Okay. So people that want like explosiveness without any size, like a sprinter. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, <laughs> but also, there's, and there's a little bit of that, but you get none of the sarcoplasmic side, which is a benefit to some like speed. Yeah. Uh, the other one is it trains the body to fire more muscle faster. So that is a huge benefit. So you're talking about recruitment, like. Yeah. You recruit muscle faster.
1: Okay. Uh
2: so that is not it's not a muscle growth difference. Yeah. But it's a big functional difference. Cause especially with older people, a lot of them only fire a fraction of the muscle. Right. And they may
0: be walking around with sufficient muscle to uh deal with impacts, so stepping off a curve, stumbling you know, sure. tripping out of the bathtub, which I mean, if you need to catch yourself and speed is, is key in yeah. those situations.
2: That's right. You and
0: that's be, the difference between, away, yeah, literally life and death is, uh, you know, br- falling and breaking a hip when you is at that at advanced age is a
2: marker of death is, uh, outside your door, right? 50% chance of death within one year of a hip fracture. If you are over the age of 50, Jesus, that's insanity. Yeah, and that and that's just from, yeah, you know, other other factors. Like you get pneumonia because you can't get up, right? You know, you can't move. You can't you can't ever heal from the pneumonia, so the pneumonia yep. takes you out, or some other complications. So it's co- it's the complications that uh-huh. uh, that take you out. But ultimately, fifty percent mm-hmm. chance of death within one year after the age of fifty. Fifty is not that old. Nope. I mean, that's <laughs> halfway onto the actuarial table for. a
0: the U S now, but, um, mm-hmm. so, uh, going back to the chronic pain thing. So you were doing this research and, uh, you knocked out the osteoporosis. You have a great, great way to handle, to, to improve that. Mm-hmm. You have a great way for individuals to get massive amounts of stimulation and massive amounts of muscle growth, which is your X three product. Right. What, <coughs> what are the secrets for those listening, what are the secrets to dealing with chronic pain or pain in general that we can do through essentially attacking, which we already got the bones, ligaments, tendons, and muscles?
2: Sure. So uh, both solutions address chronic pain, both osteo and X3. Uh, they do it a little, well, with X3, you're, you're built, like it's a c- kind of a complete musculoskeletal solution, but not really the skeletal part as much. <laughs> so like the, the, the reason, the reason osteo strong must exist is you can not get to the loads that are required to trigger bone uh, without either high impact or osteo strong. You just can't like in the lower extremities, 4.2 multiples of body weight is the minimum that is required to trigger bone growth. So, wow. Yeah. Uh, almost you're no. You're talking deal?
0: about, so, like, let's say your mom is uh, 75 years old and weighs 100 pounds. You're talking about she needs to, at minimum, deal with what would you say, 4.2? So 420 pound deadlift squat. Like, I mean, I, I just can't even. Yeah. Like, a, a two, any like exercise
2: work. Degrees. Yeah. Like, leg press doesn't count because most of the weight is going into the ground. Yeah. Because you're pushing up at a 45 degree angle. So you're only pushing, like, like, I don't know that you, the geometry there, I think it's about yeah. you pushing about like a little less than half, uh, half of the weight, right? Yeah. So yeah. So forget the leg press. The leg so if press. you're on
0: half, then you need to load the leg press up with 800 pounds. And I just don't see you putting your mom in an 800 pound leg press and <laughs> not freaking out, right? Yeah. 840
2: yeah. pounds. You're yeah. Right. Right. A hundred pound woman is not going to get under that. Uh, yeah, it was, um, it was a very sobering moment when that, when that came out. And uh, I mean, I knew it was good for business because it just proves my point, like crystal clear, like, yeah, a lot of people go out and exercise and guess what? They still get osteoporosis. And I think one of the worst recommendations in medicine, other than some of the ones that have come out recently, um, is that exercise is good for osteoporosis. That is fucking bullshit. It's at what level of exercise? So it would be sort of like aspirin is good for headaches. Well, how much? Like five grams or five milligrams? Well, five milligrams will do nothing. Five grams will kill you. But 350 milligrams? Yeah. That's what will take your headache away. Okay. That's why they tell you 350 milligrams. Yeah. Like it's not a mystery. It's, it's funny to say that because... Right on the bottle. But when they say exercise is great for osteoporosis or you, you, know, you should do resistance exercise. Well, how much resistance? Picking oh up man. a glass
0: of wine is resistance. I've had patients come in do, and, and they've told me, I can think of a specific woman that said, I went to my primary care and he said, I've got osteoporosis. So, he put me on a supplement. I need to exercise. I said, okay, great. What exercise did you recommend? And she said, he thought I'd be smart if I start with water aerobics or swimming. And I'm like zero impact. That will do fuck all. I'm like, of all Nothing. of all the things you just said, of all the That's things the you just said, it, most it's, asinine response ever. Yeah, I was like, right, I don't want to break this woman's heart for the fact she's motivated to exercise probably for the first time in her life. But if you, like you could do that every day, twice a day, expend every extra ounce of energy you have and get no results and be heartbroken. And I'm like, does this guy understand what is going in fact,
2: on here? Competitive swimmers lose bone density very quickly because yeah. they're not in, a, in an impact environment. They need to do high impact activity. Right. And they do. Yeah, they yeah. know this. This is like a known thing. Like swimmers yeah. will do plyometrics in their training to maintain bone density. Otherwise, yeah. they'll fracture something. It's just, yeah. I was yeah. just blown just, away.
0: Yeah. Un- so. un-
2: but yeah, I mean, like, Yeah. So, sorry, I keep getting distracted here, but chronic pain. Typical, like the primary care doctors, you know how many exercise science classes they took in medical school? That's right. Zero. Goose egg. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and uh, chiropractors take more. They actually study adaptive response, which is why when you talk about exercise and health, chiropractors typically have better answers. That's right, baby. Ask a a primary care doctor. And it's just like, and I, like I interviewed before, before I started X3 and I was gathering information for the book for weightlifting is a waste of time. For those of you who haven't seen the cover, this is it. It's on Amazon. Um, the, um, when I was researching that, I, I interviewed probably 200 physicians, and, wow. uh, and I had a battery of questions and I, I didn't end up using this in the book cause it was kind of a mess because it was sort of like a footnote for each one of the 200 doctors. Right. Yeah. Cause it was very different answers I got, but, um, a lot of them believed like maybe close to half, like 40 something percent, uh, believe exercise doesn't do anything. And they're like, oh, yeah. They're like, you're muscular. You were born that way.
1: Wow.
2: And I'm like, really? You really think that? And they're like, oh, yeah. And I'm like, yeah, but I only developed this muscle after I started exercising. And they're like, nah, you probably had it. You were just fat. Yeah. And I'm yeah. like, yeah, but I've gained <laughs> like 60 pounds a month. Like, I'm like trying to like tell them. And they're like, nah. Yeah. yeah, I don't believe in that. And it's like these are these are MDs; these are guys that are supposed to know something and, yeah. and give health information. And, sure. and it's and it's these aren't malicious people. But no, you wonder I mean, why MDs don't really recommend exercise typically, and and, and, and to a that's point why. they actually don't believe in
0: it. Yeah, and to a point, I would agree. Like there are genetic factors, certainly, you know, and and your yeah. your genetic makeup. But I would love to see a you know, those, those case studies essentially of, of, you know, identical twins separate at birth. I would love to see a case study of like, yeah, you, you get a, you get some twins separated at birth with horrible genetics and you put them in, you know, you, you send them to live with Usain Bolt and his sprinter wife, like what mm-hmm. will happen? Probably a lot of good stuff. And yeah. then the opposite probably will happen. But, uh, let's focus on how you take the worst, parts and pieces and make the most out of it that's the interesting story right is yeah like even in novels you don't want to have somebody that's you don't want to have a quote-unquote hero who has all the solutions and all the abilities from the start no one would read that story like oh you mean captain marvel yeah (laughs) that movie did terrible yeah yeah because it's just like right they didn't have to work hard they didn't have to achieve right every other started out with had to kind
2: of earn their way like they had to like
0: Die, incredible pain and you're you're old enough to remember die hard like that movie was incredible because the guy was a total pile of shit at the beginning like yeah. he went he was a total piece of crap to his family no his family didn't like him and then he literally had to slog through all his mistakes and and then cuts his feet on glass and does all this stuff and then at the end he's a hero right
2: God, at the end, were
0: standing like, up cheering for him at yeah. the end
2: you know yeah that guy hey that guy that like came in here and we all threw out because we thought he was crazy right. yeah, he was right about everything
0: Right. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, that's, and anyway, so that, that path to going from nothing to something is, is the, that's the American dream, right? That's, Mm -hmm. we love hearing that about immigrants and everything. Like I Mm -hmm. I started with $5 in my pocket. Now I own a, you know, the the number one sunglass factory in the U S like, I love hearing that stuff, Mm -hmm. you know? So anyways, uh, so you interviewed these doctors, they didn't think that anything could change. You obviously uh, personally Almost
2: are. half of them. They just didn't believe yeah. in, in uh, like exercise at all. And in their defense, how about this? And I, and I ask people this question all the time uh, How many people does fitness work for? How many people do you know fit this description? Been to the gym on a regular basis for over two years, haven't seen any change at all. And people are like, Oh, yeah, I know like 20 guys like that. Oh, right, 20? Like 20. 20. Yeah. Well, you, you probably know 2,000 people like yeah. that, but you're chiropractic. chiropractor. So. But I mean, like,
0: I, you just go into a 24-hour fitness, let's just say a major chain. If you were, No matter where you go, yeah. Pennsylvania, The people content, in 24-hour fitness
2: and the people in Pizza Hut, they're the same people. They're like right. exactly the same.
0: And, and the interesting, in, from a research aspect, is the, the people in 24-hour fitness are self-selected, as we would say. All right? They have selection bias, and yet you're still not seeing incredible no. results even with that
2: selection no not at all well but and, and then my question is also like and this is like the premise of my work mm-hmm. like all my work bone density and in in the muscularity uh, arguments with uh, with x3 in my book weightlifting is a waste of time i got a couple other things coming out that are right along the same line we've got to help people tremendously like i think fitness is the greatest failure greatest human failure more so than anything else, uh, now nutrition plays a huge part in that, obviously, but yeah. uh like who's really fit like like I, I know a couple guys that are in in pretty good shape and they all have supplement deals mm-hmm. what why does everybody I know that's in great shape have some some sort of endorsement deal it's because it's rare it's really of, rare yeah to be, you know let, let's say in your thirties and have really visible abdominals. Yeah. I mean, you got a good chance
0: of, uh, of getting a contract to be on the cover of magazines, right? Like at that point, if you, yeah. if you I, get, visual, I get I
2: get spot, like I, like, I got my own business, you know, that I, I don't want to like endorse other products, but I get like the craziest offers for like, you know, like, Hey, model this or like, Hey, can you, you know, wear a watch where you're like not wearing your shirt and, you know, your pictures. Yeah. And, you know, I'm just kind of like, at first i was like what like first of all i'm not that good looking i'm all right but you know i, I mean i don't i don't i don't think anybody's going to uh you know be, be painting me you know for right. example making <laughs> some oil painting because i was such a pretty face not gonna happen but um it's the body like they just there just aren't a lot of people that look like me hmm. and and that's kind of my point that was kind of like the driving force behind everything I did, like, like it is so uncommon to be exceptionally fit. I mean, I say exceptionally, like it's sort of a self, you know, like self-provable statement, but it's an exception when somebody has a six pack, it's an exception when somebody has, you know, uh, 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 you know, a bicep peak, you know, when they can, you know, do, do, -hmm. most people listen to this, but you know, they have a distance between the top bottom of the bicep. That's like, you know, bigger than their face. Mm-hmm. Like that's like a proportion that's like really hard to attain, right? And you know, almost nobody has it, and so that's that. Like when I when I when I say the whole fitness industry is wrong about just about everything they're doing, uh, and the whole nutrition industry is wrong about just about everything they're doing. People are like, "Well, fuck you!" You know, there's a lot of research, <laughs> and uh, and I go, "Oh yeah, really?" Well, hey man, yeah.
0: And is, it's like it, in in the study of low back pain, like this is a common thing. The the population believes. I think as a general rule that any issue we can see on an MRI, just your discs bulging or herniated
2: yeah.
0: is therefore a surgical solution. Like therefore oh, you yeah. need
2: surgery. Well, that's a nice billable event. Yeah. But what we're, yeah, we're you seeing is, money is surgery.
0: you might have that pathology and no pain. That might be just common place for humans. They, mm-hmm. Those bulges and herniations may go away. And, you know, we're just seeing a picture of a moment in time where those things occur. And if that's the case, I don't think you could translate that or you couldn't convince most just of the general pop that that's the case. But that's what the research says. And sometimes, you know, I think you're in the business of research that people just don't agree with. They're like, no, that's not it. And it's like, I'm showing you data. I'm showing you that we have data to say that this is, you know, this is what works or that that you believe works doesn't work. Like, Mm. are you familiar with the term non-Newtonian? Have you heard that like non-Newtonian rubber and things like that? Yeah. 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 I think that right now, like for the way we're addressing the pandemic, we are hitting a lot of non-Newtonian walls. The belief that doubling down on something will get a reaction that will be great enough to slow this down. So for example, like doubling masks, we don't, the research does not say you get double or even, A twenty-five percent improvement in outcome. The
2: the research actually says masks don't do anything. Right. So but that is two of something that doesn't do anything. Now you have two of nothing.
0: Times two is the same as zero times one is the same as zero times three. But the thing is that the problem is in all of this, in your work and in the pandemic response and in uh disk thing, is there is not a clear line between pure fact, proven fact. And belief mm-hmm. by somebody, right? Like if everybody believed that the X3 product built muscle better than anything else, your sales would multiply by a hundred. And it's like, we're, we have fact, we've done the research, yeah. we have response, we have case studies, we have all these things. And yet there's still not this movement. And I think it's the same with, you know, when I tell people about back pain and they go, well, do I need an MRI? I'm like, are you willing to have surgery? No, then we don't need an MRI. because the only reason we do it is if we're leaning. And we're, okay, but should I still get one? And I'm like, we're not talking about logic and data anymore. We're talking about psychology, which I don't know. I want. I'm going off on a tangent there, but I want to go back to. No, this it's idea. a worthwhile yeah. tangent
2: because what, like, what are people willing to do, like? I think a lot of times when, when I bring up the failure of the fitness industry, like, especially when I talk to some trainer who like doesn't know how to read the research I'm referencing. So in their mind, doesn't know how like to read Dunn the research you're referencing or just doesn't even realize there's research. We <laughs> uh, okay. both, uh, or doesn't care about research yeah. because you know, like, like uh, it's like the Dunning Kruger, you know, uh, research. Yeah. I, like everybody should read 1999 Dunning and Kroger. It's, it's a study that shows that the dumbest people, the dumbest people in the world believe they're the smartest people in the world. Uh, like in fact, in the smartest people in the world, they, they kind of down, they, they believe they, even when they're hundred percent competent, they're more like 90% in their belief in their abilities. Whereas the people who are 10% competent, believed they were a hundred percent competent. Right. So the dumbest assholes out there believe they are absolutely like, that's the buck stops with them. They're the smartest people. And this explains like, like a lot of conversations on the internet where people will speak with absolute conviction about something they absolutely know nothing about. You know, whether it's like, in like I can, I can just, we won't get into politics, but I can just say politics, like mm-hmm. how many people, are like going full force, like irate, like ready to kill people over an issue. They don't even have the basic understanding. Of like get it, find, just, just go on Facebook and just type in economics and look at the absolutely bizarre, ridiculous, stupid comments.
1: Yeah. Like
2: I, I happen to read a lot of books about economics. So mm-hmm. I have a great grasp of it. And uh, I never comment on these things because what's the point? You know, you're not going to smarten up somebody who believes they're a world authority, uh, even though they don't even understand the words that they're using, because And this is an expression that's become popular recently. And I, I don't know if it stemmed from the Dunning-Kruger research, but it's like smart people know what they don't know. Stupid people don't know what they don't know. And when you don't know what you don't know, you imagine all that shit doesn't exist. And so like a lot of these like fitness industry people, they, have, they don't have an ability to read research. So they're just not intelligent enough or they don't have the training or the patience. Because I can tell you, anybody who can read can read research. It just takes longer. Like you got to yeah. read a sentence and go, okay, I need to Google a couple of words to understand the sentence. But you know, okay, put in the work or shut the fuck up. If you don't understand what you're reading, don't just imagine that it doesn't exist. Like that is like defines stupid. Like I mean, I you should probably run for Congress if that's that's your yeah. Well, the other thing
0: is like, I mean, if you read research at all, like read. I can't imagine you get past five articles, which in the world of anything is you're not even scratching the surface. Hmm. But just looking at methods, and you would realize how variable the outcome could be, you know, like, Hey, we studied the, uh, uh, you know, the title, the, the, the title of the research will be like the effects of high level weight lifting, uh, on, uh, pectoral cross-sectional area. And then you read down there and they're like, yeah, we did, uh, you know, we do step aerobics and, uh, we did one set of 10 pushups every four days for six weeks. There were and then they'll say there was no effective exercise. It's like what, right. what are you talking about? Like <laughs> your your study was horribly designed. Nobody yeah. would, you know, like and so you understand those nobody things, would have you ever said
2: anything. that effect would right. have had an effect. Right. And oh, you, oh d- dude, I got something for you. This this is epic. So there now I'm I'm a, I'm not necessarily a proponent of this. Uh, and I don't think it was a good idea when the medical community was doing it, but growth hormone used to be prescribed for anti-aging reasons. Mm-hmm. It is no longer allowed to be prescribed for that reason. And I'll tell you why. Because There was a study uh, that uh, I think it was in uh, the journal of American Medical Association. Yeah, it was in JAMA. Uh, and so what this, what this said was that, Growth hormone, exogenous growth hormone, so growth hormone via injection, uh, did not reduce blood pressure. It did not, it, 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 it like in in the, in the study conclusion, it listed a whole bunch of things it did not do. None of which anybody said it ever did do. Like they didn't look at adipose tissue. They didn't look at body fat. Yeah. That's like the number one thing that people see or elasticity of skin. You know, the older you get, the poorer your your elasticity of your skin is. Right. And growth hormone can regenerate that. Exogenous growth hormone therapy. But they didn't look at any of the factors that people actually would take growth hormone for. They just arbitrarily picked other stuff to look at. Right. Like growth and hormone doesn't affect the color of the eyes. And, and then it's like... So, Nobody right. said so, it changed
0: the color of your eyes. You know, like what? What are we doing here?
2: There you go. Right. Right. Yeah. Just some. Yeah, and it's just like. Yeah. Now, I mean, well, I, the one that I loved was. Know, a, I, I think growth hormones is sort of a dangerous thing to play with, and I tell people, you know, even if they get a prescription for it, I'm like, I don't know if you need that. So I, you know, I, I was laughing it didn't, about. Uh, it didn't really bother me that much, but it, I mean, like, the study was like heavily biased, bordering on fraud, like. I, I just don't know why that was done. Yeah.
0: The one I liked okay. was I don't know if you saw the, the Cleveland Clinic came out mm, six or eight months ago with uh, the, um, the, the, the that, the, that the, that it was the effect of hydroxychloroquine when you, when you weight corrected the dosage. And I was here, I was listening to this. So you had to correct the dosage to the weight of the individual, right? Basically. And I was, I was listening to a guy talk about this and it was like the most amazing, like uh, intersection of Western medicine. And, and so hydroxychloroquine is mostly used for parasites, right? So think about where do you deal with parasites? Like malaria, it's caught, right? Have you ever had a friend who caught malaria in the United States?
2: No. No, Right. Where does malaria I have affect you? Friends contracted malaria in some shithole country, though.
0: Yeah. Okay. In those, yeah, what, name yeah. some of those countries. Just go down
2: this uh, thought experiment Indonesia, Bali. Okay. Uh,
0: Bali yeah. and Indonesia. The local yeah. population. What's the average weight of the males in that population? If you were to
2: guess. Ooh, probably one sixty.
0: Maybe, maybe even lower. Right, one forty to one sixty would be my guess. But sure. certain, And then what's the average weight of males in the US? Significantly higher, would you just say?
2: Yeah, I would guess 210.
0: Yeah. So let's just say from 150 to 200. I mean, I'm, we're being kind on both sides, but a 50 pound difference. So
2: 25% well, difference.
0: Yeah. Uh, well, 33%, right? If you're going from 150 where the drug is prescribed to a 200 pound man, you need to take exactly. a 33% increase, yeah, right? Sir.
2: Add, you're adding And then,
0: okay. So we're already like, well, yeah. Who, why didn't anybody think that weight corrected? That's crazy. And then who is being hospitalized? Who is needing therapeutics? People that are typically skinny okay. and light or people that are heavy and obese and have heavy high BMIs, Right. So now is it a 50 pound difference mm. or is it a double the body weight difference. And therefore just going back to like your example of, Hey, how much, how much aspirin should I give from a headache? Oh, five, let's start at five milligrams. Well, aspirin's ineffective at headaches. Oh, yeah. Right. Everything's ineffective. If you dilute it enough, hell, right. like, you know, one part yeah. per million of anything probably won't kill you. Like that's no. the idea. And so then if you just take it to the extreme example and it's like, you have, you know, I mean, there's a report of a guy like at the Cleveland clinic, he was 428 pounds and they're giving him like this standard dose. It's like, Dude, that's built for, you know, right. a population that probably the average of the males, females, and kids that they're giving it to is like 110 pounds. Maybe it's less than 100.
2: At least they gave them hydroxychloroquine. There's still a yeah. couple states where it's illegal. Yeah, which is... Even though there's some years of clinical trials there. Right. That,
0: yeah. It's one of the few drugs on the list of if you get pregnant while taking it, don't change. Don't stop. Like that. <laughs> that's a pretty high standard to meet. So, yeah. Anyways. well. We're up against the clock yet again. And I don't think we've really exhausted the idea of chronic pain. So, what
2: I uh, will say about chronic pain is mm-hmm. with variable resistance, with what I did with X3, and what's described, and people mm-hmm. have further questions, and what's described in the book, uh, Weightlifting is a Waste of Time. When you build muscle around a compromised joint, you can do, you, you have more force, there's a tensegrity supporting that that joint which means tension on all sides so protagonist yeah. antagonist yep more powerful the joint is supported better um, also when you put compressive forces through joints uh when they're in their axial format so the way x3 works as soon as you get to the axial format so like you straighten your arms and chest press mm-hmm. kind of thing uh there's a and there's a, gr- a great study on it in 1998 benjamin and ralph's uh talks about fibrocartilage growth, huh? uh, which is just the thickness of tendons and ligaments based on the loading when the joint is straight mm-hmm. well, when the joint, or close to being straight. When the joint is close to being straight with X3, you're using maybe triple the amount of weight you'd normally work out with. That's the point of the, the, the use. That's, the, that's why I created it. Mm-hmm. Well, When it loads the body like that, you get growth in joints also. And that will be curative towards a lot of joint pain. So we see great. I mean, you started so, the question. And I took yeah. it to answer it, but yeah, the,
0: uh, well, I mean, as a general principle, I think everybody who's ever practiced medicine, like if you have somebody who's completely sedentary, getting them to walk, just walk, right. Yeah. It has a therapeutic effect. Now what's that from? <laughs> Is it from stimulating mechanoreceptors and joints? Probably a little bit. Is it from getting sunshine on your skin and, Being closer to you know your DNA coiling? Probably. Is it the fact that it's just changing your scenery and you're not moping around focused on probably. Now, which of those can we affect? Well, I can't change your state that much from moping around to not moping, right? Like that's get outside your house and short of like taking you to a vacation on Bali or something, it's not gonna be that great. But if you're going for the stimulation of mechanoreceptors, We can make an exponential change there if a little bit, aka walking, helps. What you're saying is, stimulate every sensory organ in the musculoskeletal system. So stimulate the joint capsule, the mechanoreceptors, the muscle spindles, right? The GTOs, everything that's surrounding that joint. Stimulate the shit out of it, and there's a really good chance that we'll start. I don't. I don't want to say curing pain here, but chipping away at the constant recurring pain uh, signals it, going to your brain.
2: I right? almost, I mean, I can't, you can't guarantee anything with anybody because everybody's different. And also people won't follow the protocol and they're going to eat Twinkies and shit like that. But, <laughs> uh, but Easy. so you can't guarantee anything, but uh, almost everybody who's had chronic pain and started using the X3 is like, I cut my pain in half in three months. Three months after that, I cut pain in half again. So now, yeah, I mean, if they have a dysfunctional joint, like I have two bulging discs mm-hmm. uh, that I got from playing rugby in, in undergrad. Um, as soon as I, I started engaging the body, following my principles that I put in the book, Weightlifting is a Waste of Time, uh, the pain, like it got less and it got less. And then finally one day, like I feel nothing. Like when I get up out of bed, I'm 44 years old. I feel the same that I felt when I was 15 years old. Wow. Yeah. And yeah how long have you how, you,
0: how long have you described that you would feel that good? I mean, like, is that just in the last four years, two years?
2: Yeah. Probably years? the last like three years. It probably took me okay. like a year to really get it there. And so uh, yeah. unlike
0: most heavily muscled people, as you got more muscle muscular, my pain went down. Yeah, your pain went down, which is pretty Normally rare, usually it's the rise. opposite. It's
2: like, yeah, yeah stronger but guys, everything hurts.
0: That's an interesting point because I'm sure you've been around strong guys. It's not typically the presence of muscle and we could say, you know, cartilaginous thickness and bone density. That mm-hmm. is the problem. It's the pathway of getting there, right? The repeated squats or whatever. Like you look at, I don't know, Louis Simmons, right? The head of West West Side Barbell. Yep. I think the guy could get hit by a dump truck and feel better than what he looks like, he just walks around the gym at, right? But he's jacked himself up 87 different ways yeah. in the process of weightlifting. But then I think if he wasn't as muscular as he is, would he feel even worse? So if he just stopped and was totally sure. frail, absolutely. Would he feel even yeah. worse? So you're worse. you just in some sense, I don't want to be the say this demeaningly, but you got to a well-muscled body without crashing into the guardrails along the way without fucking yourself up
2: on the path to that. That's right. That's right. That's the so we, whole point of my yeah. work. Yeah. That would be yeah. interesting. So you gotta take the risks out yeah. of it. You got to amplify the what gives the benefit, which is force. Yeah. And then you've got to deload. you got to take the force away when the joints mm. are at risk. Because putting your joint think about anything functionally, like we talked about gymnasts. Gymnasts are some of the most muscular people. They're small. Yeah. So they don't you know, strike you when you think about strong people, but from yeah. a power weight ratio standpoint, most powerful people on earth. Right. They expose their bodies to extreme forces. Right. For a fraction of a second when they absorb high impact. That's it. Mm-hmm. And so, like in those positions, are the same positions that with X3, we're delivering the massive forces to. Mm. So Yeah, brother, I mean,
0: if I can help you in any way, because I would love to see some research of of pain level at rest and then in some ratio of like lean body mass to over. So find well-muscled individuals, right? Mm. Whether they have a a history of, because you get well-muscled individuals in the NFL, they're all well-muscled in in ratio, right? However, their resting pain is going to be very high. And, yeah, and one of the things that we always run into clinically is I can do rehab with you that re- relieves pain, but I can actually fuck you up and make you worse along the way too.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: you know, like I've done that. I've made people's back pain get worse. I made their knee pain worse and it sucks. Mm-hmm. It's, but it's the, one of the risks of the job. And if you can get to the end point with a whole lot less risk, like you're saying that will open up rehab like crazy, yep. you know? Because sure. I've done a lot of isometrics with people because of the safety when I think they're really jacked is I, I will go to isometrics and we want the high perfect situation is high recruitment, low, low movement. But my problem I commonly run into, as you cited before, is the ability for untrained individuals to recruit to a point where that's therapeutic. It's almost impossible. So I, I always say, like, did you play sports in high school? Yes. We'll do isometrics. If you say No. I'm not going to do isometrics. I just don't think you'll be able to recruit. I mean, that's my little mm-hmm. litmus test, you know. But yeah, um, yeah. Anyways, a lot of a lot of interesting info here. So, yep. tell people where they can get a hold of you or find your products if they're inspired to do so.
2: Yes. Uh, so I created because my last name is difficult to spell. I created a, a landing page where you can find me in, in every, every venue. Uh, it's drj.com, D-O-C-T-O-R, the letter J.com. Uh, you can find my Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. Uh, if you click on superior exercise, you'll find X3 superior nutrition, you'll find Fortigen. Uh, that's the only supplement I take. Uh, and, uh, I do, I put the most content on Instagram. I just like the Mm -hmm. platform. So yeah. I have a million followers there. So I suggest anybody, you
0: know, follow me. On La- last question, because you brought it up earlier. And just to wrap this up, chronic mm-hmm. pain patients, sugar is the worst thing, right? That's absolute Absolutely. worst food they consume. The problem being when you're in chronic pain, you're sitting on the couch, you're blah, blah, blah. Like sugar is very easy to get a hold of. And you and your brain tells right. you it's going to make you feel better. Do you have any products for like appetite suppression or anything like that or any tips for that? to I, get
2: them. I now. do. Cortogen, that's, that's the supplement I take. It's an essential amino acid complex. That's far okay. more efficient. Than any like essential amino acids have been out there a long time mm-hmm. and they didn't do shit. Mm-hmm. And the problem is they were all made incorrectly. Mm-hmm. So they weren't made via bacterial fermentation. That's the only way to get them right. And they weren't done in the proper ratios. So they basically went through the body and just became nitrogen waste. Uh, there was a company uh, that's sort of in the mid-early 90s that developed a, a formula that did it right. And, and everyone knew the industry was doing it wrong. but People bought it because on paper it looked good. And they bought it and it didn't do anything. So, uh, and this was, you know, through the 80s and 90s, we, we had essential amino acids that didn't do anything. And so these guys created sort of the lab kind, which actually does work. And, uh, and so they, uh, put it out there and treated cancer, uh, cancer patients with it to stop muscle wasting during chemo yeah. and radiation. And, uh, so like what, what ended up happening was I worked with, uh, with some of those guys to create the ultimate anabolic protein needed to be adjusted a little bit, uh, to make it, you know, anabolic instead of a cancer treatment, but.
0: And so will uh, there, is there some appetite suppressant effects of that? I mean, because yes. it's a builder.
2: Yeah. 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 So okay. you, yeah, you have like one dose of that will give you the equivalent of uh, 50 grams of standard source protein. Okay. And I mean, it blends in a glass. It's as clear as lemonade. Like it's not like a heavy, thick, syrupy, uh, you know, sort of milkshake kind of thing. Yeah. And uh, so it's like lemonade. It has. Four remember, tracks where so it was Great. like sand in the bottle of your milk. Yeah, you had to constantly shake it
0: bef- right
1: before. Constantly. So. You have to constantly yeah. shake. it. Right. Okay.
2: Yeah. So no, this is like lemonade. Uh, and, and it's, it's really light. It has four calories and you won't want to eat. Hmm. Yeah. interesting. So it doesn't even break a fast. You need 50 calories. Really? Yeah. And uh, it, it actually amplifies autophagy. Because once well, you put essentials in the body, the body goes, "Oh, okay, we can we can build some cells here. We can do some pro- protein synthesis." Yeah. And then the balance, you know, there's there's seven essential amino acids. There's histidine, but you only need that as a kid. Um, so as long as you're not an infant, you don't need it, uh, and it's mm-hmm. everywhere. Like you you, you get hit plenty of histidine, so uh, you get these these seven essential amino acids, and then you get, um, you know, cause your body that's that's the only thing your body can't make. So then what your body can make, it starts accelerating autophagy to get at the other proteins that it needs to complete the, uh, the full chain of amino acids. So it's just harvesting old cells and destroying them and turning them into new cells. Yeah. Interesting. That's a huge benefit. Yeah. 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 Yeah, one of, funny,
1: one like, of the side effects,
2: one of the side effects of Fortigen is you lose your scars, your scars, scars. Yeah. Because they're being eaten from the inside. Interesting. Yeah. Huh. Uh, like I have a, have a scar on my chin from a motorcycle yeah. crash. It, my whole life, it felt like there was a really thick wire, like stitched yeah. underneath my skin because it was just a huge scar from just splitting my chin open, you know, like, yeah, kids yeah. do that. Uh, it's gone. Like wow. you can barely see it now. And I, it was very pronounced my entire life. Um, I have my fraternity letters branded on my arm, on my left yeah. arm. Like you can barely see them now. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. And you know, I can see I mean, there's something
0: used, there, but I can't make out letters.
2: Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. There used to be like a thick, like keloid, like, like, like it was just raised letters yeah. right on my arm. And yeah, my body's been just eating it from the inside. It's practically gone. Wow. Yeah. It's
0: funny like you you strike me as somebody like you found these how to say it there are things that people developed that get bastardized and you unbastardize them. Like people go oh amino acids are good and you're like true. However, what you're doing with amino acids is not actually yeah, what you're, you know, you're like you're Yeah, like,
2: they're, they're, they're essential amino but acids like, are amazing, but that's not what you're taking. You're taking some right. crap that's just to go right yeah, through you. Like, Let me make it you- like, somebody was telling me, like,
0: you know, you can use an MRI machine to check for bone density or BMI. Mm. It's a really poor use of a very good technology. You know, like, let's, and you're like, yeah, let, you could also use it to check for, like, ligament tears and displacement of a joint. And people are like, really? Right. Yeah, right. really, yeah. we can. <laughs> and you're like, let's do it. So, that that's what's interesting is, yeah, um, like I told you at the beginning here, like, see like watching gymnasts and whatnot, they never go through a range of motion. They're
1: never.
0: they're doing triple backflips and landing on, you know, on their their legs point is
2: optimized when under load. Right. Yeah. right.
0: Yeah. And they're dealing with those incredible impacts. And then going from there and you look at them and they're all even the females in their whatever you want to say the, the peak of their estrogenetic cycles are incredibly well muscled, which is tough to pull off and uh-huh. even there, you know, there. So, right. all right, brother. Well, thank you so much. So drj.com. So d-o-c-t-o-r-j.com. Yep. And it's uh, the X3 product, OsteoStrong Fortigen. If you see that, or you see a, a well-muscled dude on the front of a book called uh, Weightlifting is a Waste of Time, it's this guy we've been talking to. Well, listen, uh, Dr. J, Quish, thank you so much for the time today. Yep. I think you're changing the world and and certainly shaking up the, the etch a sketch of how we do things. Like we shouldn't just keep doing them. We should actually look at the research and follow what the research guides us to instead yep. of just accepting what the broskies in the back of the gym are doing. And we'll have a whole lot more success. Awesome. Awesome. Well, on behalf of Dr. Jay, this is Dr. Josh Saturday saying, go out there, maximize your license and live the life you dream of. Thanks everybody. Thanks a lot for listening to clinic gym radio. If you're looking for more information about me, about us, about our programs, then just head to clinicgymhybrid.com. Again, that's clinicgymhybrid.com. You can check us out there. Got our accelerator program and a few other programs that will help you get up and running as quickly as possible and making more money while providing excellent active therapy
1: to your patients.